Hi friends, I am back. And I know I already did an episode about the cookie crisis and the chaos of cookie season, but that was before the raspberry rallies sold out in eight hours online. So I wanted to come back and just kind of address some of the stuff that I've been seeing online, not so much in our community, but in other online spaces, even spaces that are traditionally really actionable and optimistic and positive and inclusive for Girl Scouts. Like environments I typically like spending time in online about Girl Scouts there's still a lot of negativity and frustration in those spaces where people are expressing some really solid concerns about the cookie program and the online experience and um, feeling like the these kind of issues really detract from what the point is supposed to be of Girl Scouts as a whole and even specifically cookie season and the five skills. And just feeling like frustrated. So... I want to just really make sure that this podcast is addressing the real stuff that volunteers are experiencing. And I think that I have to lead with in a situation like this. It's easy for me to say what my perspective is because I don't have an active troop selling this season. And even if I have a troop that starts up in the fall, it's not going to be dependent on this year's cookie season because for a budget because we wouldn't have sold during the season anyway. So we don't have personal investment in what, you know, how many cookies are sold and I'm not seeing my own girls struggle to be able to achieve their goals that they set for themselves and things like that. It's not affecting our operating budget. So I do want to acknowledge that where I'm coming from, really, it's easy for me to say, right? Like, oh man, these spaces are all so negative right now. But like, I mean, people are frustrated and I really do understand why. I, as a customer, didn't even try to purchase any Raspberry Rallies because I saw all of the chaos and the pressure and how people were so concerned about how quickly they were going to sell out. And I know a lot of volunteers in my area were setting alarms so they could be online right at the time that the raspberry rallies went live. And I just didn't, I didn't want to participate in that for a cookie that I've not tried, but I've heard tastes like kind of fake raspberry flavor and chocolate. Like it's just not worth it to me. Um, I've been involved in Girl Scouts and Girl Scout cookie season for enough years that at this point, like since I was five, right? So honestly, at this point, if I never ate another Girl Scout cookie again, personally, I would be totally fine with that. I have purchased from every girl who's asked me, but I have done uh, the donation boxes this year. So I just, I just don't feel the need to have Girl Scout cookies at all. Uh, the new flavors do interest me, but honestly, just not enough to participate in the chaos, even from a customer perspective. So I, all of that to say, it's easy for me to say, let's stay positive. It's really not that simple. And I understand. So um, even though I don't have a currently active troop, I think that it's really, really important that this podcast really stays relevant to the actual issues and experiences that volunteers are having. And right now, cookie season is happening in most areas. Some places haven't started with cookies in hand. Some places are wrapping up or finished. And um, a lot of people are currently actively selling. So 
cookie season is still really, really top of mind. And even for those who are just wrapping up or finished, this just happened and people's frustration is just so real and raw. People feeling like they hate cookies, they never want to sell cookies again, and it may even be enough to not want to come back to Girl Scouts. And I really, really hope that's not you. But if that is you, then this podcast episode is with you in mind because I know that that's what's on your heart right now. And just ignoring it because I've already done an episode about cookies and just moving on to talk about other stuff just doesn't really feel fair to acknowledge the reality of the situation and what people are experiencing. So I just want to say about all of this that I'm sorry you're frustrated. I'm so sorry that this has been so frustrating and I'm so sorry that it's taken away from your experience and potentially your girl's experience when it comes to selling cookies. That is really frustrating and um, and disappointing and, and I'm sorry for you. And I think for us as adults, it can kind of feel like as soon as cookies ends, we're already talking about and planning for next cookie season. Like it kind of can feel like it takes over your life a little bit as a troop volunteer. But for the girls where time feels a lot longer, <laughs> some of them spend months and months looking forward to cookie season and then having it be disappointing or they're not able to meet the goal their goals or they're frustrated you're frustrated uh, you feel like everybody's frustrated so that probably is going to carry over to the girls to some extent uh, that stinks so I'm sorry and having to cancel booths or having to do a booth with no thin mints and having to tell customers that you don't have the more popular flavors or whatever flavor they're looking for the those experiences are hard and and that can stink I do also feel like there's some value for girls having those experiences. I think that business and entrepreneurship and like business literacy is something that is a really big element of the program. It's a really core pillar of the program. And uh, I think that that those kind of conversations are part of business, like being able to engage in supply chain issues and inventory management and having to communicate with customers when you can't meet a customer's expectations that's all part of it and i think that there's some valuable lessons to be had there both for us as volunteers and also for what we're making sure our girls do take away because at the end of the day it's really not about cookies and frankly it's really not about money it's actually about the overall experience that the girls are having and how this is going to carry over into the big picture of their lives and i don't say this to detract from your frustration. I really don't. I do hope to like help curb it, but that's not, I'm not trying to say that your frustration isn't valid. And I don't want you to feel like you're not being heard when you say you're frustrated and you're exhausted (laughs) because I really, really do understand. I really do. So I really want to take a few minutes to kind of talk about um, a perspective because that's always part of how I come to these conversations, but B also Um, just some things that we can do to kind of shift our mindset and the way we do things and the way we, you know, take action to approach these kinds of issues from now and moving forward. And just really trying to build the most positive experience possible for yourself and for your girls, because that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day. And there's so much that we can't control and don't have power over, like the decisions that GSUSA makes, the decisions that bakeries make, the decisions your council makes. There's so many decisions that are out of your control that are made by other people that do impact you and do impact your girls. So then in those situations, how do we 
when they make decisions we wouldn't make, how do we still try to adjust or adapt or pivot to make the most positive experience for ourselves possible? So kind of where I want to start is that I think a lot of the pressure for cookie sales or cookie the cookie program being really sales oriented and, and making as many sales as possible and making as much money as possible, a lot of that really is coming from ourselves. A lot of that is really coming from our uh, our own mindset about it, not necessarily an external pressure. Of course, yes, your counsel needs you to participate in the cookie program. We've talked about this on this podcast in the past. They need people to participate because it funds the majority of their operating budget, including their salaries. And and also, not just salaries, but also the, any programs, any resources, their office supplies, their literal offices, the camps, like it, our operating budget for our councils, large majority of that is coming from the cookie program. So should it be that way? Good question. But if you look at the history of the cookie program, which we've talked about on this podcast in the past, there's a past episode about that. So feel free to go through and and find past episodes where we've talked about all kinds of cookie issues over the years. But if you look at the history of the cookie program and, and Girl Scouts as a whole, really where it started is like girls wanting to have the safe space to be girls and to learn applicable life skills that they can go use to be better people and live fuller lives and to contribute to their community and to society as a whole, right? So that's really where it started. And in order to have a budget and to fund things, they needed to do fundraising. And one of the fundraisers that they came up with very early on in the history of Girl Scouts was to make cookies and sell them. And sell them to their communities. And then they were actually literally baking them in the beginning, right? So they were getting this hands-on experience in the kitchen, also supplying their own inventory, and then being able to make money from something they made that was a tangible product. And also sort of somewhat a service to the community of hey, engage in this. Um, Ultimately, that led to using a consistent recipe so that the experience of cookies sold by Girl Scouts were the same, that was consistent. And of course, eventually, they were able to outsource the baking of the cookies to a bakery and um, actually to several bakeries, right? So that that could be done on a much larger scale. And then they could sell to so many more people and they could spend their time doing other activities, not just baking cookies. So that all, if you think about that history and you really think about like the purpose, when Girl Scouts needed a budget, they created, honestly, the girls created a method of raising money for themselves, which was to bake cookies and sell them. And ultimately, it made more business sense to outsource the baking of those cookies so they could make more and sell more. And they could make them cheaper and sell them for a a larger profit margin, right? Or whatever. Of course, then they also had to pay the bakery. but, But all these things are parts of like expanding this business model. Now, what it looks like today, I've heard people expressing in Facebook groups, et cetera, that it can feel almost like an MLM of like the pressure to sell, sell, sell so that you can make other people above you money. And I think that's not 100% an inaccurate picture of that 
that there is pressure from above us, quote unquote, if you were to look at it as a hierarchy, I don't think this is really fair to say like the girls are at the bottom, then the volunteers, then the council staff, then GSUSA. But there is something to be said for like council's operating budget comes from the cookie program. So does our troop budget comes from the cookie program, large majority, if not 100% of our troop budget comes from the cookie program. So there is some pressure to sell so that we have an operating budget because we need money in order to be able to do stuff. So thinking about it with this whole context, like, yes, generally speaking, we want to participate in the cookie program and we do want to make money for ourselves, our troops, and for council. You may feel like you don't want to make money for your council, but I'm just going to push like a little gently and say that Girl Scouts wouldn't be possible if we didn't have a council. And also, the very real issue of camps closing all over the country largely is financial. Camps are really, really expensive to upkeep and maintain. And especially as membership has dwindled, so the number of girls literally participating in camp programs has decreased and over the years. And therefore, and but the the costs are rising, the expenses are rising. And, and that's a totally messed up proportion. So even just at the very bare minimum, if you want to keep camps open, you need to sell cookies, right? You have to participate in the cookie program, at least to a certain extent. The reality is that if every girl enrolled in your council sold 15 packages, then that would be more than enough for an operating budget. Not all girls sell, not all girls participate, and not all girls who are quote unquote members have active memberships, meaning they're not participating in the program either, right? So that's not really a fair picture. Like most girls are not participating. And the girls who are participating, some sell a handful of packages and some sell hundreds or thousands of packages. So it's very like different. And I guess I made that statement like a sweeping statement. If all girls sold 15 packages, it would it would solve like the budget. But that's not necessarily fair because different councils are different sizes. And so that's going to look different. But and I, and I wasn't basing that off of anything. I just like picked a low number out totally off the top of my head. So like, let's just scratch that math, but don't try to make that math work. But you get my point. What I'm trying to say is that if 50 to 75% of girls are participating in the program and some of them are, you know, only getting credit for like a package, then they aren't really participating and and so on and so forth and there's plenty of girls who aren't selling at all so anyway okay the other piece of this is like the salaries people seem to feel very passionately uh, that they're frustrated that their girls are participating in this cookie program to earn money to pay people's salaries but the reality is that we have watched round and round and round and round of layoffs both at the council level and at GSUSA and they have to have an operating budget in order to be able to pay their people. When I worked for council, and of course this was 10 years ago, but when I worked for council, the large majority of the on the ground staff were making circa 30k a year and in my area that is far from enough to live on. I mean it is absolutely not a livable wage. And on top of that, they're working six and seven day weeks and 10 to 12 hour days. I mean, they're working like a ton of hours. If you were to pay it out as an hourly wage instead of a salary, 
I mean, it's not even minimum wage what they end up making. It's an absurdly paltry amount. And the reason they do it is not because they're trying to steal money from troops. It's because they believe in the mission and they want to help build girls of courage, confidence, and character who will make the world a better place. And they're trying to do whatever their role is in that at council. Council has to have staff in order to make these happen. We want to see more programming for girls, especially older girl programming. We want to see more community involvement. We want to see more camps and more camp programs. We want more and more and more, but we need an operating budget in order to do so. That money has to come from somewhere. Where do you think that money is going to come from? It has to come from somewhere. Donors could provide some, and they definitely do. Membership can provide some money, but that goes to GSUSA unless your council has additional dues, right? Like your, your membership fee goes to GSUSA, but GSUSA has to have a budget too. I mean, they have to run the business side of things. And, you know, again, we've seen turnover and layoffs. Now, you could say that there are people who make, quote unquote, too much money. Certainly, a CEO salary is going to be six figures. And um, I think I can say that fairly confidently across the board that every GSUSA and council CEO is making six figures. But they're not making like a CEO salary, just to be clear, like they're making a fraction of what a CEO would work would make in another environment, including in other larger nonprofits. They really aren't paid a lot. And if, in my opinion, if anybody's going to make a cushy CEO salary, I'd rather it be a nonprofit CEO who's actually doing work to make the world a better place than, you know, a CEO of a quote-unquote evil corporation, which Girl Scouts is not, right? So anyway, um, maybe I'm partially sensitive to defending some of the money going to salaries because I personally worked for a council years ago and I got paid nothing <laughs> and there was no real room for advancement because it's a nonprofit and there's just not really anywhere to go like so I think those people should get paid I think the work that they do matters and I want them to have the resources they need to be successful so I don't know I'm sure that's part of the reason why I feel defensive of that but regardless those are the facts ma'am like their budget for salaries has to come from somewhere and I don't know where it's going to come from, but it has to come from somewhere. So <laughs> right now, the bulk of the operating budget for our organization comes from this cookie program. And, you know, girls get a lot out of participating in the cookie program, out of raising their own money for themselves, um, for their organization that gives them the opportunity to participate in Girl Scouts. And they we can really emphasize the programmatic elements so that it isn't just a money grab. Like, how do we do a cookie program in a way that isn't just a fundraiser or isn't just selling? How do we make it feel less like an MLM? Well, by doing program. What can we really emphasize that girls can learn? And then 
if we can make it more about that and less about money, then at least, yes, we need an operating budget, but at least it's not just a money grab. At least there's program to it, right? That's not fake. That's Girl Scout saying, how do we ensure that we're protecting that the point of this is to build girls of courage, confidence, and character who make the world a better place? How do we make sure that we are doing it in a way that is G-I-R-L, the goal getting and the the or the go getting and the innovation and the risk taking and the leadership. How do we ensure that those things are part of everything Girl Scouts do, including raising money for the organization? Well, we lean on the five skills and those are five skills that they need for the cookie program, but they also will carry with them in their future, in running their households, in their careers in um, potentially entrepreneurship, in in the idea of discovering, connecting, and taking action to make the world a better place, they're going to need these five skills in order to do so, right? So if we can lean on those five skills, yes, we need to make money. That's just true. That's true for all of us. We need to make money in order to live a lifestyle that we want to live, not just to keep a roof over our heads, but if we want to go out to eat or we want to go to see a movie or we want to travel or whatever it is, if we want to buy books because we want to read or we want to subscribe to Netflix or we want a better internet package. So it's not just the things we need, it's also the things that we want that build the kind of life we want to live. We have to make money in order to do that. So yes, the girls have to make money, but also how can they do that in a way that's also productive and supporting them and helping them for their future and for the future of the world? Okay. Do the girls need to be the ones to sell the product? I mean, technically, no. The organization could. In some way, the organization could sell something or whatever to try to make money. What is the organization going to sell? Are they still going to sell cookies? I mean, the whole original point was that the cookies were something the girls did. The girls came up with. The girls did it. They raised the money for themselves. But that was before we really had councils so or like large organizational overhead. So could the organization make its own money? Yes. How are they going to do that? Donors, potentially. Also, I mean, brand partnerships. Do I dare approach this topic in this same podcast episode? <laughs> because people feel very passionately about those brand partnerships. Now, the council, of course, is not seeing the dividends of brand partnerships the way that GSUSA is. You know, the Thin Mint ice cream and cereal and lip gloss and all of that. That's all GSUSA. Um but GSUSA needs money in order to operate as well. So all of it ends up coming back to the same thing, which is that like money is required. Money is required and it's not selling out. It's just true. And honestly, having the mentality and the mindset that needing money is selling out isn't really the lesson we need to be teaching girls anyway, because girls and women, women specifically, are out earned by men 
significantly. So we need girls to have access to learning about money, to being confident about money, to wanting to make money, to feeling good about money, to having energetically a good experience with money, a good relationship, a healthy relationship with money, and to know how to make it, to know how to get it, to know where it comes from. Girls need that so that they can become women who earn enough money to have independence, to not be reliant on men. They need that. We need that. The world needs that. The world is a better place when women make more money. So we need to help girls be prepared to make money and to have a healthy relationship with money as adults. So let's stop making money like this evil thing. We all need it. And our troops need it. And that's part of the reason you feel the pressure to sell in the first place, right? It's because this is where the bulk, if not 100% of your troop operating budget comes from as well. If we want to take trips and we want to go camping and we want to do these things, it costs money. It costs money. We have to have a troop budget. So I guess we have to participate in money earning programs, one of which is cookies, the bulk of which is cookies. Maybe we also do fall product. Maybe we don't. I know for my troop, my last troop specifically, when we tried to do fall product as well. Some people maybe did it a little. It just did not have the same impact. We don't have boothing for fall product in my area for um, nuts and magazines um, and candy. We don't do booths for fall. Um, I don't, I'm not sure like that we can't per se, but I don't know if we can. Um, I don't know what the permit situation is in our area. I know some areas do booth. Even if we could do booths, I'm not sure I would want to. Honestly, like cookie season is long enough for me. I don't know that I need to have that. So if it's only going to be a friends and family sale, which is really how it's billed in my area, then how many girls are really participating? Not necessarily a lot. And sometimes we didn't even do it. Like it's just kind of hard to do both. Um doing independent money earning, my troop really didn't, but you certainly depend depending with your council approval, you can. In order to get council approval, there's sometimes a requirement for participation in one or both of the council money earning programs. So like cookies and fall product, you might have to participate in both at least to a certain extent in order to be able to do additional money earning because obviously they want you to do those money earning projects as their priority to earn money. Um, because they also are going to make money from that. And that is a requirement in order for them to continue operating. So that whether or not you can do additional money earning projects or not, and what, what the stipulations are, that's going to be really dependent on your area. And Jamil and I talked about that in a previous episode. So definitely recommend that. Anyway, I kind of lost the direction that I was meaning to go here, but, um, I guess what I'm trying to say with all of this is like, let's destigmatize it. We all need an operating budget, and cookies is the existing and well established, historically uh, precedented method of earning funds for Girl Scouts. So it's necessary. Now, how do we make it manageable and fun and sustainable? And and this is where I would say, like, push back from the pressure that you feel to sell and think more about, like, what would be enjoyable. So, 
part of the reason for me why I didn't necessarily want to do a big push for fall product or even necessarily participate in my troop was because cookies I went somewhat all in on. Um, I was the troop leader and also cookie manager for my troop, so I was managing all the troop inventory. I went to mm, pretty much 100% of the booths that my troop did. We would sometimes have like one or two that uh, either would be run at the same time as a booth that I was doing or that I just couldn't make it to for whatever reason. But for the most part, I put my my other social life on hold to be at every booth my troop did. And I didn't schedule booths I couldn't attend. So my troop did the booths that I could manage. And if I had something else going on, guess what? We didn't booth that day. And okay, um, you know, <laughs> it's going to be all right if we don't sell 30,000 packages, like we're going to be okay. I also didn't really have a super selling troop. We had some girls who started to kick up in the numbers as they got older because they had ideas and they cared about it and they had goals that they set for themselves. But for the most part, um, we participated to the extent that it was reasonable for us and the families involved, for me and the families involved. That That's really all we could do. And I wanted girls to have the experience selling cookies. I wanted to have a little bit of a budget to be able to work with. And then we based the activities we did off of the resources that were available to us. And there are other ways to, you know, fund things that you want to do. You can try to get things donated. You can try to get money donated. You can um, work with um, just how to do the program on a limited budget. It might mean you don't go to, you know, the Bahamas or to Europe. Maybe, you know, would that be great to be able to do as Girl Scouts? Yes, it also costs money. Um, so how else can we get the Girl Scout experience if we can't afford to go to Europe? Because lots of troops, most troops can't. So what else can we do? I mean, can we go to a like tourist destination in our own state or in the next state over? Yeah, we probably can on a much more affordable budget than, say, going to Australia, right? Or China. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't try to work toward those bigger goals. I'm just saying that if if making it fun means taking that pressure off, then take the pressure off. If it means you just do one booth, just do one booth. If it means you just do one day of going door to door for a walkabout, just do it one time. If it means not setting up an online website because honestly you don't have the capacity to manage an online website, then don't. Or set up the website and work with your girls, of course, to send one round of emails and then call it good. You participated, right? You did it. And let that be what it is, right? It doesn't have to be full throttle if full throttle is not fun or sustainable for you. Do what is fun and sustainable for you. So, and for your girls. And if you have girls who want to participate, like especially your own daughters who want to participate more than you want to participate, then that is a conversation to be had around why that is or is not feasible and and talk about it and talk with your girl about it. If if I don't have the capacity to do this and you need to have a safe and caring and trusted adult to go with you in order to go door to door, then like, do you understand and agree that you need to have a safe and trusted adult? Like, let's talk about why that matters. And then secondly, if it can't be me, what are your other options? Are there other ways that you could sell cookies that don't require going door to door? Or is there another safe and trusted adult in your life who might be able to go with you? Can we brainstorm this together and work with your girl on it from that perspective, right? If you have a girl who's really raring to go and you just can't, you just can't. 
because you don't have to do everything and that's okay. You don't have to do everything at 100%. That's okay. You know, the whole percentage thing is so, it's all relative anyway, right? There's literally, it's literally impossible for you to do cookies at 100% because you have other things you need to do. Just surviving through the day is going to take a certain percentage of what you have to give. Then whatever else uh, commitment-wise you have for your family is going to take a percentage of what you have to give. It might take a high percentage. Then if you have a job, then you have a probably again potentially a very high percentage that you have to give to the job and you have to run your household and you have to you know take care of any of the other number of things that you have to take care of and all of the other things that go into being a troop volunteer so you're still planning troop meetings and you're still you know planning troop events outside of cookies and you're you know you've got all these other commitments that you also have to do that are taking that percentage and what you have left is probably closer to like one to five percent of your energy and effort to give to cookies. So what does one to five percent of your energy and effort look like? You don't have to do more than that. You really don't. Girl Scouts does not require it. They literally cannot. The council does not require it. They literally cannot require it. They can incentivize you to do more. They can reward you if you do more. But they cannot require it. It's not allowed. (laughs) And honestly, they wouldn't. It goes against the inclusivity that they strive for. So you do what you can. And if you can do more, great. There's probably rewards and incentives for doing more. But you do what you can. And not all years are going to look equal either. Some years you're going to have more to give and some years you're going to have less to give. Some years you may have health things going on. You may have stuff going on with other kids. You may have stuff going on at work. And it's just going to affect your ability to show up. And also, all of the caregivers in the families for the girls that you work with, they all have stuff going on too, let alone what the girls themselves have going on, right? There's just so many factors at play that maybe cookies is just not the most important thing. Honestly, the purpose of Girl Scouts was never to sell cookies. It is not the purpose. The purpose is to build girls of courage, confidence, and character who make the world a better place. Cookies helps us earn money to do so. It's not the point. It's not the point. It was never the point. I don't want to say nobody signed up just to sell cookies because there definitely are girls that when you ask them why they joined Girl Scouts, especially little ones, they might say, I want to sell Girl Scout cookies. Very weird, kid. Very weird. Based on what? Do you even know what that is? What selling looks like? That's kind of a weird answer for a small child, but lots of small children do say that. So I can't say nobody joined Girl Scouts to sell cookies, but as adults, we did not. (laughs) We did not. And Honestly, even if that's what brought a girl to Girl Scouts, because that's the impression that they got from the brand awareness that they have, um, that's not why they stay. They don't stay because they love selling cookies. They don't. They stay because of all of the other things that they get. And even if they do love selling cookies, even if that is one of their favorite parts of Girl Scouts, they don't love it because they make money. They love it because they love the program. And they love what earning the money may allow them to do. But if they really love selling cookies, they love the program, right? They may even love the product. (laughs) I don't personally, but they may. So now I want to just, before I wrap up this episode, I want to address specifically raspberry rallies. And that is to say, and I say this 
gently and with so much love, raspberry rallies were never going to make or break your season. They just weren't. Those fringe flavors, they sell like one to, or even less than 1% to 5% of, your, of the total sales of cookies. This is why in a year of supply chain management issues, they chose to make this an online only cookie because honestly, it's not that big of a freaking deal. It's just not. And and again, I say this gently and with so much love. If you love the flavor of raspberry or chocolate raspberry and you were so excited about this cookie, then and if you did not get a, ch- a chance to taste it, I'm sorry. If your girl loves raspberry, if that's her favorite, favorite flavor of all time, of all things, and now she was going to get a raspberry Girl Scout cookie, that is so cool. I'm sorry if she was not able to get some. If you've had customers who asked about it because they heard something about it in the news and they chose not to purchase cookies from you because you didn't have raspberry rallies, then I have news to break to you, which is even if you had had them, they probably would not have purchased because nobody's only willing to buy raspberry rallies. And if they were going to buy a package and now they cannot, how many would they realistically have bought? A package? Two packages? Maybe? They weren't going to buy six cases. They weren't. And I don't know how much you make per package. In my council, it's like 90 something cents, I think. But um, I don't actually even know because I haven't sold cookies since 2020. But I know some councils are closer to like the 40 to 50 cent mark. So if they were going to buy two packages, what would you have really made? A dollar? A dollar. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And people who would have bought them as an additional box, but you didn't have them. So instead they bought Thin Mints or whatever, like, (laughs) or they just bought one less box. Again, what is the difference? 40 cents? 56 cents? It's fine. It's fine. It's a much bigger deal that Samoa sold out online. But even that, Girl Scouts sold cookies for decades without having online sales. And online sales make up a very small percentage of the sales that girls sell. Now, some girls sell a ton of cookies online and having the inability to have direct shipping um, for all of the major flavors, raspberry rallies aside, because honestly, the raspberry rally does not freaking matter. It does not matter. It so doesn't matter. Let me tell you this too. If raspberry, if I, if my troop was selling this year and raspberry rallies had been part of our initial order, I might've ordered two cases, literally. I might have ordered maximum five cases. I would not have ordered more than that, period. Because I would have gotten just enough to have them if people wanted them, to wanted to try them, just enough to have the full flavor lineup at the beginning of the sale. And when we sold out of them, I would have been like, good, thank goodness they are gone because I don't want to get stuck with a cookie that I can't sell or trade. <laughs> so those fringe flavors, who even literally cares? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Thin Mints and Samoas, much bigger deal much bigger deal. And I still say they're still just Girl Scout cookies. So even if you ran out of Thin Mints, because I know a lot of troops in my area did, even if you ran out of Samoas or you couldn't sell them online, because I know a lot of areas are sold out of Samoas online, if not everyone, um, or Caramel Delights, depending on your council. So that that's a much bigger deal, but it's still just a Girl Scout cookie, you guys. It's just a Girl Scout cookie. It's just a Girl Scout cookie. It's, that's it. It's just a Girl Scout cookie. 
And please don't let that run your life or run your experience in Girl Scouts because there's just really so many more important things and so many better things. <laughs> they're not even that good of cookies. I'm sorry, but somebody has to say it. They're they're mediocre cookies, right? And part of what we love is the nostalgia and part of what we love is that they're only available at certain times of the year. Although, yes, of course, there's the generic versions that you can get at the store year round. Um, honestly, I don't. Most people don't. Most people don't. You know why? Because they're not that good. <laughs> it's just not that important. It's just a cookie. It's literally just a cookie. You know what is good year-round? Taking action in our communities and building skills that are going to carry with us into the rest of our lives. The friendships and the relationships and the sisterhood. That stuff matters. That's what matters. The Raspberry Rally is just a freaking cookie. So, truly. Okay. Anyway, I hope, I really, really hope that you don't in any way feel like I'm undermining how exhausting and frustrating cookie season can be. I know how many hours it is and I know how much you care. You care about the girls having a good experience. You care about you having a good experience. You want to make as much money as possible because you want to be able to do bigger and better things with your girls and that requires a budget. And your girls set big goals because that's what we teach them to do. And when they can't achieve a goal because of outside circumstances that keep them from being able to achieve those goals, no matter how hard you try and no matter how many hours you put in it, and no matter that you set an alarm for 11 a, uh, eleven p.m. or midnight or 1 a.m. in order to be online right when those raspberry rallies were available to try to place orders for your friends and family so that they did not have to set alarms and get on there in the middle of the night. And even still, those orders are getting kicked back or delayed and they may not even be able to be fulfilled that is frustrating that is frustrating and it is exhausting so I'm gonna say and I'm sorry that you're frustrated and exhausted and also when you're ready for this conversation when you're ready for the mindset shift how do we back off of that frustration how do we get to a place where we're focused on what's fun and what's sustainable and the things we love about Girl Scouts and let cookies just be cookies. They just don't have to be that big of a deal. They really don't. They really don't. Participate as much as you have the bandwidth to participate. And that is it. That is it. You are a volunteer. Right? Do what you can. Do what you want to do. And then focus on the stuff you love. I personally love working booths. I love working booths with girls. Now, I don't love working slow booths. So when there are no major grocery stores or Walmarts or whatever available or very, very few, so then you get stuck at like uh, a store that gets virtually no foot traffic or whatever. I was going to list some stores, but honestly, that's going to feel more relevant to the specific area. So I don't want to go there. But like when you're at a slow booth, that's not fun. That's not fun. It's not fun for us or the girls. Then you have to find ways to make it fun. It's so much less fun. Finding creative ways to sell cookies, that can be fun. It's also a lot of work. It is. I mean, Girl Scouts in general, it's fun, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. But we're also building skills ourselves, right? The skills that we're helping girls build, man, that like sometimes doesn't even hold a candle to the skills we're building ourselves. Because running a troop is like running a small business. And it takes a lot of our effort, and we build a lot of skills in order to make it happen. So we're really, we're really getting a lot out of it as well. Um, but 
how do we do more of the things we love and less of the stuff we hate? Like you still have to turn in your forms and you still have to submit the stuff on eBuddy or whatever your your cookie management system is. And you, you know, you have to do that. You have to turn in permission slips and you have to like, even if you hate them, you still have to do those things. But how do we spend more time on the fulfilling and gratifying experiences, both in cookies and outside of cookies, and less time on the sales pressure? Because it's going to be okay. If your troop sells troop-wide 200 packages of cookies, and that's it, you'll figure it out, right? You might make only like 100 bucks or 200 bucks. You'll figure it out. Because this program really is feasible on a very limited budget or a non-existent budget. It's going to look different. Like I said, it's not going to look like a trip to Australia. It's going to look different. But you can still do the program right? It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. All right. Sending you so much love. If you're still in the the throes of cookie season, then may the odds be ever in your favor. And I love you and it's going to be okay. And if you're done, you did great. Listen, you did great. You did great with the circumstances you had. Now just let it be done. Just let it be over. Let it be over till next year. Done. Done. Over it. It's just cookies. It's just cookies, okay? All right, I hope this is helpful and I'll talk to you guys later.